tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Thank you for being uh, with us today, and we continue our all-church focus and delve into this series called Planted. My name is Mike, one of the pastors here, and planted, yes, because God's desire is that we grow in faith. 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, it says, to him be the glory now and to the day of eternity. So just like trees and bushes and shrubs and flowers and crops grow, roots moving, moving out and shoots and branches spreading out, we are to be planted and to grow. And so we do. When we come to faith in Jesus, that amazing time when we understand that we're sinful and need a savior and then believe that it's Jesus and enter in and be planted in as we just heard planted in to him, we grow. We're planted into God's family. And now we partner with the Holy Spirit to cultivate the best environment for us to establish healthy roots and to grow. So the question is, how do we partner with the Holy Spirit and help create that healthy environment for us to grow. Well, all throughout the Bible are recorded accounts of how people grew in faith and how they partnered with God and matured into the person God intended them to be. Yes, God, and God alone is the one that grows us. But we have a part in cultivating that environment. One of the important elements of of spiritual growth, the spiritual growth environment is to know who God is. Because when we know more about someone or something, we are, there's a greater connection and we interact on a different level. It's like this morning, you were asked to share a little bit about yourself, a little fun fact about yourself. Now I know that sometimes is hard, but thanks for being brave. Anybody learn anything new about somebody? A few of you did? Yeah, it, it's fun to do. I, I love uh, to learn more about people. Okay, well, so let's make it simple. How many of you loved uh, math in school? Well, a lot of you. Wow. How many of you uh, uh, loved science? Less. Yeah. How many of you loved recess? <laughs> Almost all of you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to learn people's story because it's fun to discover it, especially when we are connected and find something people like. Like, I, I like to smoke. It's a lot of smoke meat. Even last night, I was texting my smoking buddies, smoking meat buddies. And uh, we were, I was sharing them these um, b- beef ribs that I smoked last night, and it was fun to interact and, uh, and share that we have a camaraderie. It's fun. And it's fun to learn more about people. It's fun to learn more uh, 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 backstories of products like uh, Mr. Yoshida's sauce. How many of you know of Mr. Yoshida's cooking sauce? Any of you know about that? Well, the story of Junkie Yoshida is kind of interesting. He uh, immigrated from Japan with something like $500 in his pocket to see if he could make it and find it in life. Well, he moved here and he found that he needed to get some income, so he started Uh, working as a uh, a sensei in a karate studio. And he really enjoyed that. And he loved the students uh, there and he wanted to give a a gift to his students. So he'd come from 
a poor Christian family in Japan and they had a restaurant and worked in there and they knew how to make this special sauce. So he, in his basement, he made this special sauce and handed it out to his students. And they loved it so much, they kept asking for more and a business was started. And now it is unbelievably successful. Uh, it's all over the world. And Mr. Yoshida married a girl, uh, had a child. That child had some trouble. He prayed to God and God healed her. And he has uh, uh, proven to be an incredible, generous man. He gave to the um, community college that he uh, went and found his wife at. He's given to a number of different organizations and uh, especially to uh, children's health organizations dealing with childhood cancer. And I don't know about you, when I heard the story about Mr. Yoshida, it just made me want to buy that sauce and use it all that much more. It kind of has a bitter, better taste to it because of that. And it's exciting because I'm drawn even more uh, because of his faith and his generosity. And when we know more, we're drawn in and move closer. And in faith, it happens as we learn of who God is. Like with Moses, Moses of the Bible, he uh, uh, moved towards God. And in belief, he grasped a hold of God. And, and then though he had much experience then interacting with God, Moses sought to grow in faith even more and understand God even more. For an environment of spiritual growth happens as we believe God is and behold his glory. So I want for us this morning to explore uh, this question of who is God and, and, and through the desire and uh, belief of Moses to know God even more. Looking into two key elements of discovering who God is for an environment of spiritual growth happens as we believe God is and behold his glory. But before we get into this study, if you wouldn't mind uh, standing to your feet, let's pray and ask God to use this time. Don't you just want to have something with that Yoshida sauce on it right now? Mm, it's barbecue weekend. It's going to be great. Father God, thanks for drive, uh, drawing us here together today in this nice, cool place. Uh, thanks for air conditioning and solar power and all that that helps make this happen. And God, I pray that as we spend time in your study this morning, looking at Moses and, and learning from him, God, teach us and challenge us each at our point of need. Encourage us. Help us. Maybe gain something from your word today. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can have a seat. And if you're online with us, you can find the outline usually online in our, uh, on our website or just grab a piece of paper. And you guys that are here uh, in person, open up the worship folder that Jacob talked to you about. Fold it over. There's an outline to follow. There's some blanks to fill in. You can uh, go ahead and fill those in. And also, if you want to gain more, there's a study guide that's in the lobby area that has those blanks filled in. And and that, and there's some extra uh, information on our website in the section called Revive that will help you as you uh, study God's word more. We hope you get into that and also join our podcast each week as we delve even deeper. Well, Moses' story is found in the Bible book of Exodus. Uh, and, and there's lots of resources. There's a couple I've listed on the website that really give a good overview of that, some video on that. You might want to check those out. But the people of Israel were enslaved for uh, some 400 years, and yet... They were flourishing. They kept multiplying, so much so that Pharaoh was getting afraid that they might outnumber actually the Egyptians. And so Pharaoh decided to kill off a full, a full generation of boys. Moses' mom put Moses in a basket. Some of you know the story. Put it out in the Nile River so it would be found by Pharaoh's daughter. 
Pharaoh's daughter found the child and figured it was a gift from her gods and, and took him in and began to make him part of her family. He, Moses became a prince of Egypt. Well, Moses needed someone to care for him. So Moses' mom, his birth mom, was able to raise him up even in uh, the Pharaoh's house. And so Moses learned most likely a bit about God and Moses' true heritage. We'll jump ahead a number of years Moses is out in the field. He sees an Egyptian abusing an Israelite and he decides to intervene. Unfortunately, he kills the Egyptian. It's found out and he is exiled. Started a new life then as a shepherd until he discovered and believed in who God is. Let's look at the story of Moses and that first key element of discovering who God is for an environment of spiritual growth happens as we believe God is and be behold his glory. That first key element is Moses moved towards God. Take your Bible, if you will, and open up to Exodus chapter three. And let me just read for you a little bit from here, verses one to four at first. Now, Moses is out tending the flocks. He's a shepherd. And it says this in verse one of Chapter three, now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. Now there's a lot of controversy over what that word means, priest of Midian. Some say that he was a follower of Yahweh of God. Some say he was not, uh, we just don't know. Uh, but he was a, uh, the priest of Midian and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Mount Horab, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning and yet it did not, it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to, the, and to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. Then the Lord saw that he turned aside to see and God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. Moses is a, uh, uh, carrying out his duties as a shepherd, all of a sudden he comes upon this scene and it says he, he turned aside to see. Moses moved towards God and God notices. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me, God says, and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Moses responds, here am I. If you're with us last week and you heard the story of Ananias and a number of other people in scripture saying, here am I, that's a step towards God. See, Moses responded. This is where this whole essence of free will comes in. We have a choice to either draw near to God or not. To choose to move towards and know God or to choose not to. Moses could have just ignored all of this. Well, burning bush, I don't know, it sounds a little scary, and walk away. And yet he didn't. Moses moved closer. And yet with respect, verse five, and God said, do not come near, take, off your, take the sandals off your feet for the place in which you are standing is holy ground. He didn't just flippantly walk towards God. He realized that God was someone to respect, to out of reverence move towards See, Moses took that step. He chose to move closer to God. Then God asked Moses to step out in obedience and partner with God to release God's people from slavery. 
Now, if you read the story, you notice Moses is a little apprehensive, but God says he will be with Moses. And then Moses asks for God's name, or in a sense, God's qualifications, and God answers. Turn over a few verses to chapter 3 of Exodus, verses 14 and 15. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, which is again saying I am, the Lord your God, the, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And thus I am to be remembered through all generations. The word I am who I am, or the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, is the name Yahweh. We don't know exactly how to say it because in Hebrew there are letters and then there's pointing underneath, which are the vowels. And all of those are non-existent with the name of God because it was so powerful and so reverent to, you couldn't even say it. So the best we can come up with is Yahweh or some have said Jehovah. But it is more than just a, 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 it is more than just a name. It is a statement of being. I love how uh, the authors of Got Questions, a great resource place online, gotquestions.com, puts it this way. <clears throat> this I am statement <clears throat> is the ultimate statement of self-sufficiency, self-existence. This is what it says about God. He's, a, he's self-sufficient, he's self-existent. And immediate present, God exists, God's existence is not contingent upon anything else. His plans are not contingent upon any circumstances. His promises, he promises he will do, he will be what he will be. That is that he will be the eternal consistent God. He stands ever present and unchangeable, completely sufficient in himself to do what he wills to do and to accomplish what he wills to accomplish. The short version of that is to say God is. And though Moses doubted himself, Moses believed God is. He continued to trust and move in obedience, and he went to Egypt. He went to be used of God to release the people of Israel from their bondage and to follow God's way of life. See, belief is a conviction expressed in action. A belief Understanding in our mind expressed in action. Jacob, who is just standing up here, um, has a belief that his fiancee, Anna, loves him and has a belief that God has put them together and in nine days from today, he's going to be married. Woo! A couple of us are going to be able to be and witness that and we're excited about that opportunity but it's, it's his, his belief moved him to action and he's gonna show that belief by making a commitment in front of God and family and friends. And many of us believe in God and we are seeking to show that commitment in the actions of living life God's way. See, belief is not just understanding in our brain. It's showing in action. And one way is to move towards God to know him more and more, to actually take that step instead of backing away from God, to actually move towards him and lean in to try to understand like Moses. Are you? 
this study that we're going through, this planted series on Sundays and the rooted devotional will help. We're to move towards those things that help us understand God more. Yes, to study God's word. That's part of that. But also in service, following in obedience what God has called us to do in his word and, and talking to God in prayer and all those things are in that rooted study. And so I really hope you jump into that. But let's be more like Moses and move towards God. For an environment of spiritual growth happens as we believe God is and behold his glory. Well, let's jump ahead in Exodus, the Bible book of Exodus, and look at this next key element of cultivating an environment of spiritual growth as we discover who God is. For Moses sought to understand God more. Moses and Israel had, had not only learned how amazing God is, but experienced much of his character, his glory. His glory is, is the expression of God's goodness and God's greatness. Psalm, one nine, or Psalm 19 verse one says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky proclaims his handiwork. Really all of God's creation reveals much about him. Romans 1.20 says that we can know about God by all that he's created. And when we look out in creation, we see a lot about God, his order of things, how systems work, how he's put things in exactly the right place at the right time, at the right uh, environment so that they, they thrive. They tell us about God. And Moses and Israel experienced this, but they also experienced the miraculous. They crossed over the, the Red Sea on dry ground. God split it apart and they walked over on dry ground, it says. Not only that, they had a pillar of cloud in the day to not only give them shade as they wandered in the desert, but also to lead them. And then at night, a pillar of fire was there to give them warmth, maybe even to cook some food. So barbecue, I wonder what the smoke was like after that. Gives a new, new meaning to smoking meat. Uh, they experienced manna falling from heaven, this bread of life that was coming. Actually, the word manna means, what is it? What is it? That's what it means. It's, it's there and they would eat that. And then God brought them also quail miraculously so they could eat that as well. There's water from a rock, all of that. And my favorite, my favorite is that for 40 years, their shoes and clothes did not wear out. I'm serious. Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse five, look it up. But even in all this, all this that, they, that, God, that Moses had experienced, Moses wanted more. Look at verse 30, chapter 33, verse 18. Moses says to God, please show me your glory. You kind of think after reading that, Moses, haven't you seen enough? I mean, look at the way Moses and God actually talked. It says, as one man talks to another, he had heard God's voice. He had talked to God. He'd experienced all these incredible miracles. And yet it says, please show me your glory. Show me more. Moses wanted more, more experienced the goodness and glory of God and wanted to know and experience more. Do we? Do we have that hunger and that desire? Do we pray, God, show me more? Do we say, I want to delve deep into you, the endless discovery of who you are? 
Because again, it's a choice. It's a choice to set our focus off of us and our needs and our wants and our issues and our conditions and ourself and to seek God. You know, sometimes, uh, and I do the same thing myself, I think more about me and my issues and where I'm at instead of really understanding about God. Sometimes we even treat church about that, like church is about me and my music and my stuff and my way. And really it's about God and discovering more about God. So God says to Moses, you will see me. Now the situation is no one can see God and live. And so God hides Moses in the cleft of a rock and says, face that and I'm gonna walk by and you're gonna be able to see out of the corner of your eye, the back of me. And all that happens and, 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 and God expresses in Exodus chapter 34. And if you would turn to that, Exodus chapter 34 and look at verse uh, now five and six or six and seven. Let me just read it to you because there are seven things here that happen that God expresses himself with that we're gonna look at. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, giving, uh, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sins, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquities of the father's on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. In this, there are seven aspects of God's glory, God's expression of himself that Moses sees and believes. Moses trusted in them and acted upon them. And really, so should we. Let me just walk through the verse really quickly and, and, and give this to you. First of all, it starts out, Lord, Lord. Whenever you see the two names right together, even, he's, when even, even he called Moses, he said, Moses, Moses. The Lord, the Lord is, is, is an expression. The double mention of God is, is a special intimate meaning, like saying, my dear friend. Moses believed that. Actually, scripture calls Moses the friend of God. Moses believed in God's glory and as seen as his compassion, the first thing mentioned in chapter 34, verse six. See, God genuinely cares about us and has a kind, tender attitude of concern and is merciful. Merciful meaning he holds back what we do deserve. God is compassionate. He cares about all the things that are going on in us. We need to let that soak in and actually believe it, to take action upon it as we walk through life knowing God cares. Even though we go through difficult times, God cares. God is compassionate. Next, God's grace, that God interacts and does things for people who don't deserve or are worthy of it. His kindness is far more than expected. God is full of grace. In other words, receiving what we don't deserve. God blesses that we don't deserve salvation from our sin, the consequence of our sin. We don't deserve that, but God lavishly offers it to each one of us. Let that soak in and believe that and act upon it. God goes on to speak of his slowness to anger, that God is patient with our not so immediate response to him and with our failures in life. God is so slow to anger. I know probably none of you ever mess up, but I do. 
more frequently than is comfortable for me. And I'm so glad that God is slow to anger. God is patient. God is with us. Let that soak in and believe it and respond to it. Don't run away from God, run towards him. Next is God's unconditional love, his abounding chesed. We've talked about this time and time and we've gone through the series on Psalm. It's his God's uh, unconditional, always flowing, ever present love for us. Jeremiah 31 verse three says, God, I've loved you with an everlasting love, God says. And still loving each one of us. There's no way we can stop the flow of God's love towards us, no matter what you do. Man, let that soak in and believe that and act upon that. And don't shy away and shame to God, but actually run towards him because he's sitting there with open arms. Not only did Moses believe in the abounding chesed of God, but also God's truth, that God is faithful to his word and character. He is dependable and reliable and consistent and he's true. I love how, Uh, Proverbs 30, verse five, put it. Every word of God proves to be true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Every word in God's word is true. And we can count on that. The question is, will we believe it? Will we trust in it? Will we rely on it? Will we trust it so much that it changes our action to align ourselves to that? Well, let that soak in. And believe that, put that into action. Next is God's forgiveness. God's forgiveness is also very real. All we need to do is ask. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we can turn back around in repentance and have that incredible sense of that face-to-face relationship with God. We've been reading and singing this next verse that talks about the incredible uh, relationship we have with God is Romans 8, 1 and 2 says this. Therefore, when we come to that place of believing in Jesus, that he is our savior, that we're sinful, that we need a savior and it's Jesus, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, those who have believed in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ from the law of sin and death. We are free in him. That forgiveness is so sweet. I'll let that soak in and believe that and act upon it. Lastly, Moses believed in God's justice. And this one is a little bit difficult for us to grasp at times because we have a human view of justice that is limited and mostly centered on us and us humans where God's justice is based on his character, his compassion, his grace, his slowness to anger, his unconditional love, his truth, his forgiveness. Let that soak in. Really understand God's justice and believe that and act upon it. Now, what's what's amazing about the glory of God, Moses got to see the back of God as he passed by, but we all can see the glory of God in Jesus Christ. Look at Hebrews 1 verse 3. He, that's Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. 
He upholds the universe by the word of his power. And after making purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. If you want to grasp the glory of God, is to really understand who Jesus is. As you read through your New Testament and see Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the stories of Jesus' life, you can behold the glory of God. All of those things, his compassion, his grace, his slowness to anger, his unconditional love, his truth, his forgiveness, his justice, all seen in Jesus. And when we believe in him as not only our savior, but the leader of our life, our Lord, life aligns. Life is there and true and it works. See, for an environment of spiritual growth happens as we believe God is and behold his glory. Moving towards and learning of others is fun. And the more we discover that relationship thrives, it's the same with God. We can know who God is. Like Moses, Moses moved towards God and believed God is, and so should we. Moses sought to understand God more and believed in God's compassion and grace and slowness to anger and chesed and truth and forgiveness and justice, and really so should we. For an environment of spiritual growth happens as we believe God is and behold his glory. Will you pray with me? Father God, as just we've run through so quickly Moses' life and sought to understand as best as we could how he didn't shy away from you, but he moved towards you, wanting to know, yes, out of curiosity, this burning bush, but yet as he understood that you are the great I am, you are Yahweh, Jehovah, the Lord. He wanted to know you more and believed in you. And then even after experiencing you for a lifetime, seeing the miraculous, he still had a hunger to draw deeper. God, I want to have that same kind of hunger to know you more and more, to come to that place and make that choice of life, not to just skate along, but to actually delve deep, to go through the hard work of understanding and seeking to work in my mind and and in action who you are. God, help us with that. Help us to know who you are and to experience you and to believe in you and to move through life. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.